0: Everybody, man, episode eight. Can you believe it? It just seems like time is just flying by. And I'm super excited for today's guest and so honored she had the time to come on. Her name is Michelle Koi, and she talks about negative self talk and fear fear of feeling like you're not good enough, fear that we have in our mind that everyone is judging us and not having confidence in ourselves. And I took a lot from today's episode. And I think you will too. I think it really struck with me because at the end of the day, I think we all deal with negative self-talk. And this episode, you're really going to get an insight like how to overcome that and battle that mind. And you have to want that mind shift. But I think once you get to the point where you're accepting of what you're thinking and that you're ready to change, this is going to be a huge eye opener for you. So I'm super excited to bring her on and share her knowledge and her battle that she went through and how she overcame it. Also, you guys can head on over to thedylansmith.com and over there will be all the resources, all the episodes that we've recorded, anything that we talk about on the show, it's all over there. So if you guys can head on over there, check it out. Let me know if you guys want me to add anything over there. But with that being said, enough talking, let's dive into this week's episode. Let's go. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Man, I am super excited for today's guest and so honored that she was able to come on and take the time out of her day to come on. Today we have Michelle Quay. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dylan.
0: Yeah, of course. So tell me a little bit about you and your background.
1: My background, so I grew up in Taiwan. I was born in Taiwan. Today, I live in Los Angeles, California, Okay, beautiful sunny state of uh, uh, where the superstar shines. You know, there's a lot of (laughs) Hollywood stars here. And hopefully I'm making my way towards one. (laughs) 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 But uh, yeah, I came to this country when I was 15. And for the last 20 or so years, I spent a lot of time in healthcare field. So I am a clinical pharmacist. But I also have a full time job. I have a coaching company where I work as a mindset coach.
0: Oh okay. So what kind of mindset are you working on?
1: I am helping people to write a better story about themselves and that would turn and make them being seen, heard, and hired, and hopefully they can actually change lives along the way.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So, you deal with a lot of negative self talk, right? I do. And helping people get through that. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what got you into that?
1: Yes. So it's primarily about the imposter syndrome. And no matter what industry we're in, what do we do? There's always that little voice that turns on in our life. And every once in a while, you hear that voice coming out, And especially when you're trying something new, it says, oh, you can't do this or you are not enough, right? So there's a lot of not enough. And the reason why I got into my work is because for a good 29 years of my life, I was an imposter for myself, or to myself. I had a car accident when I was 11 years old. And as a result of that car accident, I am permanently disabled. I walk with two crutches. And I am about four feet four inches tall, just to give the audience a little visual, four feet four inches tall, my legs are crooked. Um, I walk funny. And ever since then, you know, I always walk with at least one crutch. So growing up is really tough for me because everywhere I go, people would turn and look at me and I internalize it as they're judging me. They're looking at me and thinking, oh my gosh, why is she so short? Or, oh my gosh, you know, she walk funny. And that's usually the impression I get from many people. It was never something positive. Uh, do people come up to me and say those things? Some. Some will hold back, but it's the look and feel that I sense coming out from them that makes me feel, really, I didn't have a place to be in this world. So I wasn't being seen. I tried to hide myself every time I can away from the crowd. If I go to a bar, usually I'm the person who you'll find at the corner of the bar, probably just drinking by myself and very lonely. (laughs) That's not not how I would encourage people to do. Because what you want to do, you want to be where the drinks are, right? So you want to be front and center. You want to be at the center of the bar. (laughs) But that's not how I was before. I always hide myself. And I didn't feel that there's a place for me. And I didn't feel that I was loved or I am capable of being loved. So, going through that journey, spending 29 years of not appreciating for who I am and continuously body shaming myself. And there's times where, you know, people, we go out, like my family and I would go out and we would take pictures. I am the one behind the camera. And the reason why I am the one behind the camera is because I don't feel comfortable being on the camera. Being on the camera means that I have to fully expose myself, you know, with clothes on, (laughs) (laughs) fully expose myself. So you see the actual person, how short she is, what she look like, how her leg is not straight, you know. So there's a lot of that body shaming I have on myself and I don't want to be on the camera. So I kept doing everything that's possible to hide who I am behind something. And what really started to change was one day when I was 40 years old. I'm 47, by the way, this year. Um, oh. When when I was you look young. Thank you, Asian. <laughs> Asians have that advantage of being young, you know. <laughs> so don't be so jealous. <laughs> In my 40s, I woke up and I'm thinking. I sat there just really thinking back about my journey, and I asked myself, Michelle, is this how you want to live your life for the rest of the lifetime that you're here? And... There's that internal voice that turned on again. And this time it was saying, no, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and pinching myself so hard that I bruise myself. Or wishing that I can chop off this pear leg and maybe somehow magically install a new pair so that I can look normal like everyone else. I don't want to do that. I already hate it for hating myself. So that day I woke up, I said, okay, I got to change. The first thing I did, we all talk about the baby step that we take in our life, right? So my first baby step that I took was I went out to uh, Target. I bought myself one of those uh, balancing ball. I brought it home and I said, you know, I can't walk. I can't run. Uh, The very least I can do is actually just sit on the ball and let me see what I can do. And, you know, I start doing YouTube, what kind of exercise you can do. So I was all motivated about getting into my physical body and learning how to move around. And once I start doing that, I feel, okay. I can do this. So I must have like sat on the ball and just rocking back and forth, doing some exercise, yoga for like a month before I start thinking about my next step. My next step was start, you know, cleaning up my diet. I wanted to make sure that I actually get the six-pack. Because when I look on Instagram, every picture that I see are women with six-packs, right? They were like all showing off, holding their drink and their like body, uh, beach body. Like, What do I have? I have one pack, 44 inches, you know, more like a beer bottle than um, whatever the pier shape body, the beach body. So I want to change that. So I decided, I made a commitment that I'm going to get six pack. And number one is I'm going to get moving. And number two is I'm going to clean my diet. So like a whole entire month, my diet was I was so religious about calculating out every calorie count. And I remember my friend offered me some candy one day, and I said, uh uh-uh, uh, nope, that's gonna tip over my uh, calorie count. I was only consuming like 1200 calories based oh, on my wow. height per day, and I was strictly following that diet because I was really tired of being tired about myself. Right. And so that's my two initial steps. And okay. then I decided, you know, I'm gonna do something even bigger, bolder. And so I decided to go to a gym. And it was the first time ever in my life going to a gym. And I'm standing there and thinking all these equipments, they're they're made for adult size. They're not made for little kids. <laughs> they're not made for people of my right. size. So how do I actually get to the top? How do I get to the bar? How do I use these equipment? I had no idea how to do it. And here's a you know a good thing about me is if I don't know something I would ask I would say how do I do this and I didn't ask anybody else I asked myself so you are stuck here what do you want to do about it and I asked myself okay so if I don't know something who do I ask I decided to open up the yellow page and I call a couple of uh, local gym and they're independent and the reason why I chose independent is because they're smaller um, they don't have a lot of people so when I go there I don't feel as intimidated. I don't feel all eyes on me when I walked in. Because the moment I walked into a larger gym like LA Fitness or Planet Fitness or any larger gym, the moment I walked in, I feel all eyes on me. They're wondering, what are you doing here? Right. Right. That's a judgment piece that I carry with myself the whole time. What works well for me is looking into smaller places where I don't have to Experience that pressure of all eyes on me. And it's more sense of welcoming, but belonging that you can actually talk to someone face to face. So I decided to call a couple of these uh, independent gym and I call them. I say, listen, you know, I need a tool and this is my condition. I walk with crutches. Do you have anyone who can work with someone like me? I found one of the gym in my neighborhood. I went. And the owner gave me a tour and he even offered me to be my personal trainer. So I signed up with with that gym. And the moment I signed up, it was like the moment my door just opened because Mm, it gave me the opportunity to learn how to use the equipment. But then even further than that, what is not visible is that they gave me the opportunity to see what is possible for myself.
0: Mm, That's so good
1: what is possible with using this body what is possible for me to find a place where i belong and i think it comes down to we all want to be seen we all want to be loved we want to have that sense of belonging a community where we can connect with people and i was struggling with that because i look very different and even if no one else judged me i was judging myself so i isolated myself from all the possibility that can come if I were to be vulnerable and ask for help. Right. So the moment I walked into the gym, it was like a whole new world that just came to me.
0: That's awesome. So it's really just taking the baby steps and then it's you have to have a mind shift.
1: Yes, that you definitely have to have a mind shift. And the mind shift only comes when you realize that you have repeatedly experienced something that doesn't feel right. Or maybe it's not working at all. And you kept sitting there beating yourself up and thinking it's your fault. It's, you know, I didn't do this job right. Or I didn't speak up or I didn't, you know, pitch my idea to someone. You keep beating yourself up for something that is not working. But in fact, there are some aspects of What's going on in your life. Maybe it's a limiting belief. Maybe it's a habit that you've been having. Maybe there's some type of assumption that you're making walking to a situation and you just kind of assume, well, that person doesn't like me because that person has always like, you know, uh, hanging out around friends who look very pretty or very handsome. That person must not like me. We're just making an assumption by, you know, all the experiences that we had in the past. So when we have that, it makes perfect sense why you're continue to breaking your habit. You know, you have that goal of setting up your habit for 30 days and here you are 30 days later, you find yourself going back to where you came from originally. Right. So it's all about recognizing, you know, what you haven't been able to recognize.
0: Right. Now, do you think a lot of people deal with negative self-talk? Because, you know, I think a lot of times we look at these people, oh, they have the perfect body. They have the perfect job. They have the perfect family. But in reality, they're actually probably struggling with something themselves. So do you believe that a lot of people are dealing with the negative self-talk themselves?
1: I believe everybody. So long as you're a human being, you experience negative self-talk. (laughs) <laughs> some, But everyone experiences it in, to some degree, whether you recognize it or not. There are people who don't recognize that there's that voice uh, telling me I'm not good enough, right? What they realize is a feeling they have after something is not working. Let's say you go to a job interview and you really want this job and you show up being uh, 100% best. And, you know, somehow the manager just didn't hire you. So we go home and we think that, well, maybe I need to work on my resume more because there must be something I'm missing here. Or I wish I had nailed that interview question better because that must be the reason why the manager didn't hire us. So you go through these unconscious talk not recognizing that they're actually feeding onto your own self-esteem or your confidence level. So the next time when you go to the same interview or a different interview, immediately you're thinking, oh, I got to really, really uh, impress this person by answering the answer correctly. So you create a expectation for yourself on how you're going to perform. If any time you fall short under that expectation, there's a, it triggers that emotion and ideas and experience again, or memory again, that you didn't do well, and this is why you're not doing well. So you continue to feed your negative self-talk continuously. And eventually, you're gonna realize that it's really taking a toll on your confidence level, it's taking a toll on your own self-esteem, because even before you walk into an interview, you're gonna think that, oh my gosh, you know this is really important to me, And I don't believe I can do this. And that's the negative self-talk. So people may not realize that they have it, but everybody has it.
0: Wow. Well, I want to jump into confidence a little bit because I saw that you defined a difference between confidence and self-confidence. And I kind of want to hear your perspective on that and what that is and what you're talking about.
1: Mm -hmm. So confidence, most of us, we think of confidence as being comfortable in doing what you do. Yes, that's in one way. Your confidence is relying on your past experience. So if you had a successful job interview and you love it, they loved you, then chances are you're going to go into the next interview, you're going to feel rock solid because you had a good experience. So our confidence comes from the experience that we had in the past, whereas self-confidence Is regardless of your situation, regardless of the scenario that you're putting yourself in, you have that inner knowing that no matter how it turns out and no matter what situation I am in, I am capable, I am gifted, I am talented, I have things to offer to this place and that I can be proud of. And self-confidence is doesn't come from your past experience. You could be in a new position and it doesn't require you to go through that to know that you can do this. So that is self-confidence and self-confidence is what gets you to your success.
0: Wow, that's good. I've never heard that. I never thought there was like a difference like that. So that's cool. Now, how do you cope with like negative self-talk or not having self-confidence? Like, how do you cope with that or how do you deal with that?
1: So number one is we need to have a different set of language on how we speak to ourselves. So if you are someone who have a lot of, going through a lot of negative self-talk or just self-talk, period, I want you to start thinking about the way that you are speaking to yourself, does it sound empowering to you? Does it sound positive to you? Does it sound like very inspiring to you? Does it sound like someone, you know, your best friend would say something like that to you? So if the answer is no, what you can do is you can make a judgment journal. And I encourage everyone, I actually send out these uh, journals to my clients. I mm-hmm. said, okay, so here's your judgment journal. I want you to, you know, of course, stay on the gratitude journal because we want to be grateful for the things that we have in our life. But I also want you to keep a judgment journal where you keep all the judging. Uh, I call it the Judgy Juggerson. It's okay. uh judgy Juggerson <laughs> who show up in your life and every now and then is just talking very negatively about yourself and about others. So anytime this judgy Juggerson is talking <laughs> to you, I want you to write it down. And once you write it down, I want you to look at it and come up with two different ways of looking at the same thing. So come up with two different ways of how Judge Juggleson might say it differently. And the way that the Judge Juggleson is going to say it differently is number one is it's going to say in a very neutral tone or it's going to say in a more empowering, positive way. So neutral tone may be something that, let's say, you know, I just got rejected in a relationship and I turn it around and I'm judging myself. I'm not good enough for that person. So that's a judgment statement. I'm not good enough for that person. The more neutral tone would be, this is not a good timing. This is not a good timing for either one of us. That's a more neutral tone. Something that's more positive, you can be like, I'm just too good for him. <laughs> I'm just too good for him. <laughs> Therefore, you know, he's not my type. Okay, right. move on. Well, good. All right. So, it's a method that I encourage people to do because many times we don't catch ourselves doing these uh, negative self talk. And when we listen to it enough, we start to believe it. So, the idea behind the judgment journal is so that you can start catching your own negative self talk and you have. Options and choices that you can make on how you want to speak to yourself. Should the situation come up next time? If you are going into another relationship, you're going out a date, and this person, you know, maybe responded in a way that you felt that you're being rejected, here you have two options to look at it. You can think that, well, the timing is just not right, or he's just not my type, right? So right. you started to see options rather than believing in your negative self-talk, which will ultimately lead to a lack of confidence or low self-esteem.
0: That's good. That's awesome. I like the journal idea. Mm -hmm. I always tell clients that, you know, it's better to get journals and just journal what you're feeling for the day. Just journaling itself releases it from you. So I think that's awesome. Now, can you talk about fear of judgment a little bit?
1: The fear of judgment, I can really just relate it back to my own personal experience. Okay. When I walk into a place, the moment I enter that place, there's a lot of internal narrative already coming up. And those internal narratives, they're mostly negative. When something is negative, it triggers a lot of shame, guilt, worry, or well, the biggest one is fear. Why Fear because fear is there to protect us. It's there to keep us safe. So the reason why we have that fear of judgment is because we understand, we understood how being judged really made us feel in the past. So when I walk into a place and and when I have a woman coming across the street and tap on my shoulder, hey, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And that is not a very empowering way to feel. It feels I'm scared. I don't know this woman. And yes, she is tapping on my shoulder, asking me what's wrong. Nothing's wrong with me, lady. I'm a perfect, (laughs) perfect human being. But that triggers a lot of anger and self-shaming, my body shaming. So I remember how it felt to be judged. So the moment I walk into a new place, the first thing that shows up is my fear, because my fear is standing between me and the door so that I don't open the door and walk myself and put myself in a vulnerable spot where I would be laughed and looked at again. Mm -hmm. So the fear has a function here. The fear is to protect you from experiencing something that you had experienced in the past. Okay. And that is the fear of judgment.
0: Got it. Now, you wrote a new book, right?
1: Yeah, it was published in... Uh, actually, it's been uh, 2019 I published it.
0: Okay, a couple of years. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what drew you to uh, write that book? Or
1: Yeah. The book is titled Perfectly Normal.
0: Okay. Ooh, I love the title.
1: Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's Perfectly Normal. And I think... For the longest time in my life, I was striving to be normal. And what normal means to me is that I am able to come to this country and speak fluent English and communicate that with my peers. Um, I am an immigrant. I came from Taiwan. And when I first arrived to this country, I didn't know how to speak English. So it's a memoir of basically my whole life story up until I became a coach. Okay. And so the previous experience, all that journey has to do with how do I work through all my internal darkness or that inner work that many of us mm-hmm. are, are on? How do I overcome that judgment? How do I overcome the shaming? So it's a I consider it as a, a long letter of completion. I wrote it, finished it. It's part of me. It was my life. And here I am at the end of that journey. Okay, And I'm putting it out to the world because I believe someone who is going through the same journey needs to hear about this.
0: Okay. Now you talk about being vulnerable in the book, right?
1: Yes, I did.
0: Why is vulnerable a good thing? Because me personally, sometimes have a hard time being vulnerable with people and letting that stuff go and letting it out there. So why do you feel like it's a good thing?
1: So vulnerability, it's actually our superpower. It's the power to build that connection. How do we connect with the other person? Is that we allow ourselves to be out there and we give that person an opportunity to show what they can do for us. And every single one of us are very loving, kind, compassionate human being. And I truly believe that every one of us have a good D inside of our heart. We want to give. We want to spread our love. We want to show the other person that we care. Even if this is the first time I'm meeting you, I care about how your day looks like. I care what is it that you're going through right now. I care about that. And the only way that I can spread that love or give that loving care to you is if you let me. If you let me, then my love, my caring can come across to you. That's how we make and build connection. So vulnerability allows you to knock down your wall of that invisible wall that stands between you and the other person. Vulnerability makes you less selfish so that you allow the other person's love and connection to come through. And so if you create this wall and you don't allow other people to come and see you, to find you, what you're essentially doing is not only do you isolate yourself, but you also stop the other person from giving what they were meant to give. So vulnerability is our superpower to connection. And vulnerability is something that we all can give to another person. You're actually giving that gift to the person on the receiving end so that that person can give what they were meant to do here in this life.
0: Okay, what about somebody that takes advantage of that vulnerability?
1: There's always possibility. There's always 50-50, right? The coin always have two sides. You flip the coin, you never know which side it's going to land on. What you do have control is how your perception is when the coin lands on the side that you didn't ask for. Okay. So it's not about the other person taking advantage of you. It's how you perceive that person taking advantage of you. You can perceive it as, oh my gosh, you know, with anger or with a lot of resentment, or you can approach it in a more loving way or just said, you know, that person is probably going through a lot and maybe there's something else in the past that they haven't healed from. And there's a saying that goes, hurt people, hurt people, right? Okay. So if they haven't healed from they where they've been hurt before, chances are they're going to take out that hurt somewhere else. And you just happen to be there. They took out the hurt on you. But it's not about you. It's about you giving them the opportunity to release that hurt that they've been carrying it and that they may not have a chance to carry that out to someone else so the reason why you connected with that person even though that person was taking advantage of you you gave something valuable that you may not realize 10 years or 20 years down the line that person may very well be thinking about i had that opportunity to make it right because i took advantage on this person so every moment that we exist, we influence each, each other, maybe not this very second, but you know, once I get, we get off the call, maybe there's something that I said, or maybe the listener, you know, listen to this podcast somewhere along the line, something really clicked and something really resonated with them. It may not be immediate, but maybe, you know, an hour or two down the line, or maybe a week later, they experienced something and they realized, I remember Michelle was on the podcast talking about this. Right. So it's not any negativity that we experience in this world, it's not personal. It's we take it personal.
0: Right. So it's really just a shift in your mindset and really looking at life more positively than negatively.
1: And you can choose. It's not just, you know, a change of mindset. It's the actual ability to choose. We can choose how we want to respond in our life with that mindset shift.
0: How do you get somebody to have that? Do they have to want that mind shift? Or can you help somebody get that mind shift? Because there's a lot of times where people are like, no, I don't want to. Like, they're just set in their ways. So how do you get that mind shift in them?
1: They have to be ready. Okay. So I believe every one of us is traveling on a journey. And if we come across, you know, if you and I happen to meet right now, and for whatever reason, the destiny or the journey have brought you here, there's a reason why we connected. So it's not by chance that someone is listening to this podcast right now and listening to all this, right? It's not by chance. There's a reason that you are exactly where you need to be right now. And in order for, to recognize that mindset, and there are people who don't, oh, this is you know, BS and I don't want to hear about this, that's okay because that person is not ready to hear what you have to share with them. And that's okay because somewhere down the line, they're going to come to a point where they realize, oh, I need to hear about this. So everyone is traveling at a different speed and different journey. You can't help someone and force someone to have that mindset shift. They have to be ready. Which is why I never go out and say, oh, let me coach you. No, you have to be ready. You have to be open. You have to be like really consciously want to be here in order for coaching to work.
0: Right. That's what I tell people, too. It's like you have to be open to the idea of changing. And if you're not open to it, then I can't help you until then.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with not being ready. It just means that they're moving at a different speed and that's okay. And hopefully whatever that we're sharing, you know, it will sit with them somewhere and someday they're going to find it helpful.
0: Right. Now, would you have any advice for anybody wanting to dive into this field and what you're doing?
1: In terms of coaching? Yeah. Yeah. So I would recommend to start with where you are and always start with yourself. Do you know yourself well? How much do you know about yourself? Your personality, your value, what is your like or dislike? What kind of person are you? And what type of work do you want to bring into the world? What is it about you that makes you unique, that makes you different, that makes you talented? And what is your personal magic? So everything begins with who you are, understanding who you are, And why you do certain things and what you do. So that's a great starting point. Is just to start with us ourselves.
0: Right. You got to take care of yourself before you can help others.
1: Yep. You know, like (laughs) going to an airplane, right? And when they right before the plane crash, they're luckily you know never had experienced that before, and hopefully never. Right. (laughs) You put on your own mask first.
0: Right. Even before your kids. Because right. you can't help your kids if you're you're not taken care of. So I know you have your book. I always like to ask everybody though, do you have a book that you would like to recommend to the audience?
1: I would like to recommend number one, "The Power of Now" by Eckhart Tolle.
0: Okay, I, think I don't think I've read that one.
1: It's a great book. You have to read it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Or the New Earth is also by Eckhart Tolle. So okay. so he has two books. One is the Power of Now, and the other one is the New Earth. And it's really helped tremendously for someone who has a lot of busy mind or you're doing a lot of noises in your, in your head. He really talked about how you quiet and recognizing that some of those voices, it's not you. So who you identify yourself with is really important in moving forward in our life. And how do you stay present in our life? So that was really a book that really had changed a lot of how I think and feel and beliefs about that internal imposter that I was experiencing. So I would highly recommend The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle.
0: Okay. Now, would that book help? Because my mind's constantly going 24-7. Like, I feel like I have a new idea every five minutes. It, will that book help me too?
1: Yeah, he talked about okay. the monkey mind. He talks okay. about the monkey mind and how you have the ability to differentiate the what is the it sounds like the eagle versus something that's more of a inspiration. And okay. there's a difference between the ego and the inspiration. So when you have the idea, that idea popping into your head, is it coming out from the inspiration ego or the higher consciousness or is it coming from the lower, you know, more like a ego center personality type that you have in there? Maybe it's the fear, it's the monkey, it's the noise that you experience. So it actually talk about, you know, how do you differentiate yourself? How do you identify yourself from the higher consciousness versus the ego mind?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that one out. Now, where can people find you?
1: They can find me on my website at elevatelifecoaching.org. Okay. Or they can also follow me on uh, Instagram at elevatelifecoach.
0: Perfect. Now, before we hop off, is there anything else you would like to add?
1: I think fear. Fear is something that people experience a lot right now. Um, fear of the uncertainty, fear of I don't know where my next job is, or fear of not being able to make any incomes or getting any more clients. So fear is something that we all work through. So I would offer everyone to really get in touch with your fear. So instead of pushing the fear away and just avoiding it, See if you can invite your fear to a tea party. <laughs> just have your fear sit down. Have a heart-to-heart conversation with your fear. You know, spend more time with what is true, what is your reality, what is true in your life. And when you do that, you can start making more conscious choice on how you want to move forward. But start by making friends and becoming a friend to your fear.
0: I want to just touch base on this real quick. So you're talking more about fear in the mindset, would all this still apply for, like, fear in the natural world? Like, fear of heights? Because I'm terrified of heights. So, like, th- was all this stuff apply to that as well?
1: So, there's a question behind <laughs> that, right? So, fear of the height. Do you want to go up, like, somewhere high? Do you want to jump off the airplane?
0: no i'm terrified of heights
1: (laughs) and that's okay right because it's not something that you want to do so the fear is more pertaining to something that you truly feel that it's important for you to do in your life but somehow that fear is so big that you haven't been taking any step let alone baby step you haven't taken any step at all so if you don't want to do something don't right that's being (laughs) staying true to ourselves being authentic I just don't want to jump off the plane. And I'm with you on that because I would never jump off <laughs> a plane. I think that's a weird idea to want to do a, 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 what do they call it? Skydiving. Sky
0: My wife loves it, but I'm like, I'm not going to jump out of a perfectly flying airplane. <laughs>
1: I'm with you on that. I would never want to do that. And it has nothing to do with fear. It has everything to do with, I'm just going to be true to myself.
0: Right. Right. Awesome. Well, I love it. And thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and just diving deep into all this information. And I think it's really going to help people out. So thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having
0: me. Awesome. Bye.
1: Bye.